Hello, everyone. I'm Dan Mosier, and this is the Mosier Media Podcast. And the last couple of podcasts that I've done, we have talked about putting up a website if you're a small business owner or a marketer, maybe on a limited budget. And we are not in the website design and development business. But I own a couple of businesses. We've put up a couple of nice websites. And through those processes, I have learned a lot about what to do, what not to do. I have a lot to learn, but I want to share my thoughts because a lot of people ask me, they say, hey, you know, you've put up a nice website. What you guys do, it looks like it's working. And our SEO in the grand scheme of things is doing pretty well. I would never claim to have the magic formula. I will never understand all of the rules and tricks involved with Google and SEO and all of that. There are people certainly smarter and better than I am. But what I want to do in this podcast, as we continue our series on programming, pictures, and paragraphs, as what I believe are the three essential things to putting together a website for a small business, as we continue this series, today I want to focus on pictures. We talked with Sam Siebert about programming. My good friend, Samantha Siebert of Siebert Advertising, uh, she does a phenomenal job with SEO and Google AdWords and analytics and all of this. And she's really my go-to and a great friend and a wonderful person to know. Very, You know, you surround yourself with smart people. And, and she is certainly one of those I would, I would call on when I have a question about why are we doing well? Why, what are we doing on Google that's working? So we talked a lot when we interviewed Sam Siebert on our podcast series, we talked a lot about programming and about WordPress and about writing your own code or putting together your own site or using Squarespace. And that was our programming discussion. And of course, you could do an entire series on programming. I'm sure there are programmers who have podcasts and all they talk about is programming. Uh, But in thinking about uh, pictures, Uh, Certainly, because our company, our photographers, have engaged in commercial photography for decades, and we have done work for major national brands, uh, in the area of photography, I feel like I can contribute a lot more uh, than I can in the area of programming or even in paragraphs. And we have writers on staff, and certainly writing is very important. Uh, Google... I wish graded the quality of the writing as much as they graded the words, uh, but that's, uh, I should save that one for the discussion about writing paragraphs. Today, we want to talk about pictures. And you need pictures. If you're a small business owner, if you are trying to grow your business, if you are advertising anywhere, if you want to tell the story of your business and you're not going to be creating video content, take pictures. And there are a lot of people that might say, why would someone who's in the business of video production or commercial photography tell anyone to take a picture with a smartphone? And later in this discussion, I am going to suggest that it might be okay if you're an entrepreneur on a startup budget, if you essentially have no money, if you want to create something from nothing, which is what entrepreneurs do then no one should ever judge the individual who decides to, as their first marketing endeavor, take a picture of their product with an iPhone and put it on the Internet. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I would certainly love to sell you the services of my incredible photographers to convince you to spend a lot of money to plan a shoot, 
to set up the proper lighting, to put the product in its its proper place and put all the art in and all the props around it and create beautiful pictures for e-commerce. I would love to sell you all the post-production services, all the Photoshop work, or, or if you go into a Lightroom and you, you really can do a lot in post-production, uh, there are companies that that's all they do. There are companies that all they do is edit pictures and create uh, maybe illustrations. But what I'm talking about today is what do we do as the entrepreneur? What do we do as the small business owner, maybe on a tight budget? What tips can we give when thinking about photography for our business. And of course, I did a, a great deal of internet research on it to see where my thoughts were in line with what other people are talking about. So I found this list, and it's in line with what I would think in terms of shooting a product. If you're in a service based business, sometimes, it, let's say you're in the plumbing business, certainly that's a service-based business. Sometimes you'd be tempted to go out on a job and shoot pictures of plumbers providing the service. Are they replacing a pipe? Are they fixing a furnace? Are they uh, repairing a boiler? Uh, you know, are they clearing a drain? It, maybe there's things in our businesses that aren't attractive in, uh, in pictures. So perhaps you would think through the idea of a lifestyle shot for a service-based business. What is the end result once your service is performed? The end result is a happy customer. So what if you were able to capture with a picture the happy customer in their kitchen smiling because the water is running and nothing is leaking? That would be a great picture if you're in the plumbing business. Certainly, you could show your plumbers. Do the plumbers look clean and organized and professional? Are their shirts on correctly? Is your company name on their shirt? Uh, you know, are they are they professional? You know, do they look like somebody you'd want to have in your home? And so you got to think these things through uh, when you're planning the photography. But if you're not a service-based business, if you're selling a product, you might decide the, the lifestyle shots aren't the way to go, and I don't need to show the employees or the people who provide the service. I need to sell the product. And typically, these shots now, of course, are, are used in the e-commerce situation. Certainly, if you're going to sell your car on the auto trader or uh, eBay or something like that, uh, or you're going to sell it, even if you're going to give something away on Craigslist under the free section, which I love to do, you still have to take a picture of it. I am not kidding you. I have given away old furniture or stuff. I, I can't throw anything into a landfill. But I've had people text me and say, hey, that free item you just posted, may I have more pictures of it? So now I'm doing work, the work of taking pictures and sending them by text to everybody that's calling me, asking me for additional details on the free item. Here's the deal. Total side note here. If the item is free, just come and take it. I've learned on Craigslist, I don't give out the phone number anymore. I just put the item out on the curb in an area where it's not going to be disturbed on a nice day. And I simply, the, the, the trick to that is you take the ad down the minute it's gone because you don't want a bunch of people driving a half hour, 45 minutes. But the point being, how humorous is it? How crazy is it that people want a picture of the free item? And of course, they have their time. They're going to come and pick it up, but they want a picture. So even if you're giving away something on Craigslist under free, or you're selling your car on eBay or Auto Trader, uh, you need a picture. 
So in the idea of creating a website where you're selling a product, or even if you're not selling through e-commerce, even if you have the product in your store and your, your call to action is come and buy it, we have this in, in our inventory, come in and get it. Uh, or if you're in, the, uh, you're, you're in the printing business and you're printing banner stands and backdrops or different signage, you need pictures of what you're capable of printing. So here's the idea. When you're shooting your product, one would be to use a clean, natural backdrop. Uh, clean, white. Uh, sometimes in the studio, we will shoot on what's called the, the cyclorama or the psych wall. And that's a wall, uh, some might even call it the infinity wall, where because the backdrop is white, because the floor and ceiling don't have a, ni- or the floor and the uh, wall don't have a 90 degree, we, we've removed the point where the floor meets the wall and put in a, a ramp. Some come into the studio and call it the skateboard ramp because it looks like a half pipe. But what that does in the world of photography is you place the product on a white table in that white backdrop and you don't see the floor. You can't tell where the floor ends and the wall begins. And that makes the product stand out. So if you look at a product online that's larger and it's on a white backdrop, it might have been shot on a psych wall. But the idea of having a clean, natural backdrop, whether or not you have a, a cyclorama, doesn't matter. But you use a background that's not distracting so that the image focuses on the product. If you're doing photography yourself, even if you're doing it on a smartphone, uh, so certainly this part, this part is not for professionals, but the amateurs or the entrepreneur that's going to attempt some photography, uh, him or herself, uh, use a tripod. Even with photography, Using a tripod can help you compose the shot properly. It can actually take some of the blurriness out of a picture, certainly. Uh, there, there are actually Bluetooth devices where you can fire off a iPhone camera remotely so you're not touching the phone as you take the picture. There's certainly nothing wrong with buying a DSLR. Get a nice Canon or a Nikon and, and get some lighting. An experiment. All of us as entrepreneurs or those who, who enjoy and are passionate about creativity probably own a camera. Why not take your camera that you already own and see what you can come up with? But use a tripod. The other thing is get into your camera, whether DSLR or a professional level camera, and use the largest uh, file size capability the camera has. Shoot a high res image. And you have to understand in getting into that, the post world, uh, the world of post-production is formatting your picture for Instagram or for the website. Of course, the idea that the website will not load quickly, it will be a huge disaster for your users. We won't talk about user experience, but we will quickly. If somebody goes to your website and if you've uploaded a giant image, a JPEG that's going to take all day to load, the page is going to take 20 seconds to load, people are going to move on. But you need to Take the original raw image in the highest quality mode, the largest file size you can get, and then in post-production, in the editing, in the Photoshop or Lightroom or what have you, then you reduce the file size and crop the picture for, whether it's for Facebook or the website or for Instagram or your Google Places page needs pictures. Think of all the places in your digital marketing and even in your print marketing where you need pictures. All of those places need them in a different format. So start by shooting the largest file size, the highest quality you can shoot. Uh, Ditch the flash. 
use soft or diffused lighting, experiment with the lighting. Certainly, depending on the color of your product and the size of it, uh, you know, you really need to experiment. Set up time to experiment with lighting. It can make a huge difference. And it could be, it's very possible uh, that you ditch the flash and you use ambient lighting. Or uh, certainly if your product is outdoors, if you're shooting a car outside, you always remember the idea that it's better to shoot on a cloudy day. The clouds are natural diffusion. So if you're going to be shooting your company vans, if you're in a service business or you're a moving company, you want to shoot all your moving trucks to show the world that, you know, you're uh, 15 men in a truck and you've got 20 trucks. Do that on a cloudy day. You know, think these things through. Advanced planning uh, really goes a long way, even as far as advanced planning is looking at the weather forecast. And, of course, if you have 15 men in a truck, uh, then you're going to want to have all your trucks. Think about the planning that goes into getting your whole crew together for a group shot and getting all your trucks together. Think of the cost of that in the moving business or in the plumbing business. Getting the whole crew and all the trucks together, that's time you're not out on the road. So think about the cost of photography that involves a lot of other people in your operation. Uh, fill the frame with your product. If Getting back to the idea of uh, product shots is, you know, you could do this in post-production. You could crop in on it. If, you, if you're backed way away from the product and you take a shot and it includes more background than the product, then you got to go in and crop it. But if you start where your composition is good, you've moved the camera into the product and made the product the focus of the shot it, it's filled the frame then that can cut down your editing time you could get yourself to the point where your shot is so well composed and so well lit and if you're an entrepreneur or a small business and you're not going to be judged uh you know then go ahead and see how close you could get to the point where you're taking the picture and it just needs a little bit of touch up you know that could you get there that that could certainly be efficient especially if you have 50 products to shoot and you want to get them onto the site quickly. Or if your inventory is changing, you might want to have a photography set up that you can constantly fill the frame with your product, put it in, uh, take a picture, and move on. And you could really, of course, burn yourself if you take 25 shots of each product, and then the poor editor has to go through you know hundreds and hundreds of images, my word. Uh, think about capturing all of the details of the product, different angles. Now, I just said, of course, your poor editors can have, you know, 50 images on each product. But if, you know, your shooting ratio is such that 30 of them are pretty good and they're all different angles. So when you go to your website, you've got the product up close, you show the back, you show all the buttons, you show it from up above. Uh, you might even show the show the scale of it where you have another item in the shot so that you could see uh, how big or small the product is. Uh, something in the shot for reference you know, a common sort of item, a pencil or, a you know, a, a, maybe even a ruler, but something to show the scale of, of uh, you know, a quarter or something, um, a dollar bill, I don't know. But anyway, you have something in the shot that shows how big the item is. But again, you might shoot the item from multiple angles so that somebody doesn't have to call you and say, you know, I saw it online, I want to order it, but I wasn't sure if it had a flux capacitor. I didn't see a flux capacitor in the picture. Well, shoot the flux capacitor. Make sure that shot's in there. And then, of course, you know, your color temperature and all the, the settings of the camera and the lighting is important. But take a look at the camera's white balance setting. For example, if you're selling something and you, your background is, is a kitchen and it's a beautiful white 
tile kitchen with really nice countertops and your white balance or the color temperature, the tint is a little off, then that can actually be a turnoff. When the person is on your website and they're looking, the white is a point of reference. In photography and video production, you take a white balance on a white sheet of paper so that all the colors come out as they should be. You want the color temperature to be correct. And so certainly you'd have a real problem if the product arrives at somebody's house and uh, they thought it was yellow and turns out the product is white and they look at the picture. So you got to make sure that the color is represented properly. Very important. Uh, Detailed close-ups, again, going back to the idea that you want to show the scale and all the details of the product and from every angle, nothing wrong with showing close-ups. If you're selling a car on Auto Trader and your seats are immaculate, the car is three years old, but it's really clean, then you show a close-up of the leather seats or the if the interior has been detailed. We can all, you know, many of us have certainly, almost probably everyone listening has probably bought a car at some point in your life and those dealers, if you bought it at a dealership, buy a used car, they probably detailed it. And then you, all the dealers now take pictures of the cars and they zoom in on the show. You know, if it says on the ad, the interior is really clean, well, you go in tight and show the clean interior. Some cameras have the macro mode. Uh, some of the new iPhones, just amazing that the, the that three lens iPhone 11, you can really push in. One of them, I believe, is a macro lens. And uh, certainly, um, if you're a professional photographer or you have a, uh, a professional camera, look at the cost of buying a macro lens. Get a 100 millimeter macro lens and see what that could do. Uh, or the lens you already have might have a, some sort of macro setting. But if you're going to be doing a lot of product photography for your website, look at getting a macro lens. Uh, frankly, it, just look at getting other lenses, maybe just a, uh, you know, the nifty 50, uh, 50 millimeter lens. Um, you know, get a, look at getting a fast lens where you could really open up, you know, to a really, uh, what they call a fast lens, like a, like an F-stop of like a, you know, 1.6 or 2.8 or what have you. So you can really uh, play with the lighting, uh, really shoot with less light and really experiment. But again, the macro mode or the kind of lens you have could really help you. And uh, the idea there is to show the close-ups. Um, you don't want to use props in your shot that obscure the product or get in the way. As we discussed earlier, you might want something in the shot that gives you a point of reference as to the product size, but you don't want to have anything in the shot that obstructs the product or upstages it, essentially. Uh, You want the buyer to be able to look at the picture and know what we're selling. And you don't want to confuse them. Very important as you're shooting multiple images. This really helps the editor. If you come up with a sensible file naming system, you might even want to mark each picture with the name of the product. What if the editor isn't familiar with the entire catalog of products and you give the editor a couple hundred images? What if you took the time to get a Sharpie and a piece of paper and take one picture where the name of the product is written on the piece of paper and the model number and a, a, whatever you want to do and, and slate it, essentially. Stick the name of the product 
right in front of the product and snap one picture. Then the editor goes, oh, yeah, that's the Model 250. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's completely different than the Model 350. Okay, well, now I know the difference between the Model 250 and the Model 350 because someone took the time to write it out on a piece of paper and identify it in the first picture out of 10 of that product. Especially if they look the same or they're, you know, it could be vague as to, you know, if you're selling mixers and you've got 25 different models, but they're all stainless steel and all of them have different features and buttons, but in the pictures, they might look similar. So you might want to identify them. And then also as you're shooting, you might even want to name the files as you go, maybe move them into different folders on a hard drive. Maybe you're shooting pictures and then immediately with your laptop capturing those images off of whatever camera you have. And then you're organizing them so that the editor can immediately begin the work efficiently. And if you're shooting it and you're running the shoot and you know what the products are, you could really help everyone be efficient and get a lot of work done if you've organized the pictures and the file names and folders as you go and if you've identified everything and you've kept good notes. Along that line, it might be a good idea as you're capturing the pictures to a laptop is to check your work. We can judge a picture on a smartphone screen. All of our DSLRs now have screens built in and you can judge the image on the screen. But you are much better off to double check on a large monitor. In a more complicated or professional setup, you would have the wire, the, uh, the feed from the camera to a, a laptop or a giant iMac with Photoshop or Lightroom, where the moment you take the picture, it shows up on screens. And in the professional world, that's, that's how it's done because you're spending thousands of dollars to create product images. You have the client in the room and the art director and the product manager and the marketing department and the, you know, the whole staff is there. You want to do quality control as you're taking the picture. But if it's just you and you're the one person photography crew, there's nothing wrong with taking an extra moment to double check all of the pictures on a 15 inch laptop screen where you can really see did you get the shot? Is it in focus? Is this something I can work with? You can check the file size. You can really quickly hit the properties or the get info on the file and see if it was shot full resolution. Should I adjust the camera? Should I make the files bigger? Uh, or in some cases, am I shooting a, a hundred megabyte image and I could cut it back a little? It could go either way, but you want to do quality control by looking at all the images on a laptop or on some sort of screen before you put the camera away. What if you took the lights down and you took everything away, you put it all down, you went back to your office and you start looking at images and going, oh man, these are all out of focus. Check them as you shoot them. Nothing wrong with that. Once you're back in the office, you got to know where your pictures are. You got to make sure that if someone else in the organization would like to access these images, that they can. You have created through this process something of value to the company, to your brand. If you're working with a team, and of course we all you know, have those moments, well, these are my pictures. You know, if you want access to them, you're going to come see me. I have the hard drive on my desk. But what if there's other people in other parts of the organization or your marketing person that wants to help or you have a web developer over here or you have somebody that's going to develop a print ad for you. Why not use something like a Dropbox or iCloud or some sort of shared storage solution that allows for easy access to the images? 
You might control access to the raw images so you don't have people just grabbing everything you shot. You might want to narrow down through the editing process the final exported JPEGs or, or PNG files or what have you and say these are the ones that are approved for release and use in public and make those available to everyone. And you keep your raw files somewhere safe, but maybe those aren't as accessible. That would be fine. But what if you want to get back to the raw files? What if you have something on the website and it's a small JPEG and somebody calls you and says, hey, I really like that image. I'd like to use it on Instagram and Facebook, but we need a larger image. So how do you go back to the pictures you shot three months ago and find the raw footage and make a larger image. You have to have all of your media organized. Know where your assets are. Remember that pictures sell. Become passionate about shooting pictures for your marketing. You've seen websites that just have text and a logo and such. Pictures do sell. It drives what we do. Pictures and video sell. So become passionate about the process of planning out what kind of pictures you'd like. If you're going to do lifestyle pictures, become passionate about what kind of customers do I want in my picture? Which employees would I pick to represent our company? That kind of thing. But pictures sell. My advice, become passionate about it and block out a couple of days a year to just be focused on pictures that market and sell your business. Again, there's nothing wrong if you're a beginner, you're a startup, there's nothing wrong with shooting pictures on an iPhone to get started. Hopefully, you'll grow the business, maybe you'll buy a camera, maybe you'll bring in a photographer. As you grow, as you become more comfortable with the process of creating images to market your business, and you see the value and you get a return on your time spent doing your own pictures, then you'll get to the point where you're ready to bring in a professional photographer or a photography company or go to a studio. I'll end the lecture with uh, the, the way you end any lecture. The, the reality is it's all in the planning. It's all in thinking through what you're going to do, what the schedule is, who's going to be involved. Because even if you are just a one-person crew, your time has value. So if you spend a Saturday working on pictures and nothing comes out because the product didn't arrive on time or you didn't have the right lighting, uh, you got to run to Lowe's and you got to, you know, the process of putting it all together to take the picture is planning and coming up with a list of things. What do I got to go to Lowe's and I'm going to buy some additional lighting. I'm going to go to the, uh, the Joanne uh, Fabrics and Craft Store and I'm going to buy some backdrops or some fabric or some different art elements to put in to create my set so my products have a, a place to kind of uh, be in a, in a backdrop of some kind. But all that is planning. So, you know, there's a day of planning is photography work driving around to pick up all the art and elements and props and making phone calls to get people to come in and pose in the picture with your product, perhaps hiring the talent or actors or what have you, print models and all that. That's planning and it's required. And it'll be, it'll be reflected in the final product, the more planning and the more thought you put into it. And that hopefully will lead to sales. And ultimately the return on investment is what it's all about. And pictures sell a, uh, uh, Sometimes even bad pictures sell, frankly. Uh, you know, people buy cars even if the picture was shot out in the backyard, right? So there are times when bad pictures sell. Uh, there are times in our business where awful TV commercials, certainly not produced by us, but I'm sure by somebody else, 
you know, those $300 uh, commercials you see, or maybe ones that were done for free by who knows who, uh, in the middle of the night, you know, the furniture guy selling furniture at the, at the little furniture store down the street, and they do fun commercials in the middle of the night on cable. There's nothing wrong with that. That sold a lot of furniture. We all have, every market in America has somebody that's done a funny car dealer commercial or something. You go think, oh my gosh, that commercial looks like it was shot on a camcorder and edited by a high school kid. But you know, you can't judge. There are times where if it's about return on investment, and those sometimes those things sell. I'm not advising you do that, but uh, what I'm advising is that the planning will affect the outcome, and even on a tight budget, even if you're doing it yourself. You can still create great images and then get yourself to the point where your business is ready to hire a professional. And, of course, the professionals come in and they do a great job. You know, think of all the post work. Think of all the editing. And then finally, as I described, uh, think of all of the other places you can use the pictures. You could use, if you spend a Saturday shooting some images and you can use them in 40 different places throughout the year, think about the cost of your time to create that image divided over the 40 different places in the world you were able to put that image to help grow your business. That's called repurposing. It's very significant in our business for proving return on investment when you pay a photographer. But if you took the picture yourself, I'm sure you can calculate based on what you feel your time is worth and what you've got in it, you can calculate the ROI. And I'm here to convince you that with photography and marketing and advertising, there's nothing is ever guaranteed. But there's ROI. Pictures sell. Become passionate about photography, no matter which level you're doing it on, whether it's good, bad, or professional, or credible, or award-winning, or disastrous. Pictures sell. If you'd like to find us, certainly uh, you've found us here on our podcast. Perhaps you're listening on uh, iTunes or Google Play, or maybe you're on YouTube. We're just thrilled to be in all these places. Uh, we're thrilled uh, to be on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mosier Media. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, at Mosier Media. You could even email me, dan at MosierMedia.com. And I sure appreciate you listening. And once again, I've hoped to have brought you a lot of food for thought here in under 30 minutes. Always the goal to have a lot of fun, food for thought, throwing ideas out there, inspiring, and do it in under 30 minutes. Hope you have a great day and good luck to all of you in all of your endeavors.